Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, how are you? This is a kind of a funky edition of Locked On Jazz. I'm actually out and uh, not really able to record a full edition today. I hope you enjoyed that Scott Howard Cooper interview yesterday from Summer League Action. On that same broadcast, I had Tom Chambers. It was fun to chat with him. So I thought I'd give you the opportunity if you missed that. Uh, here is the Tom Chambers uh, interview for you. Uh, there's a lot of great content on the Locked On Podcast Network today. Fred Katz uh, got together with Royce Young of ESPN on a fabulous uh, edition about Kevin Durant and his legacy in Oklahoma. You might want to check that out. There's also new uh, Locked On podcast with Locked On Lakers and Locked On Blazers debuting. So hope you get all those. Uh, sorry, I can't give you a full edition of the show today, but hopefully you'll enjoy the conversation with Tom Chambers. I'm heading, uh, if all goes well, I'm heading to Vegas uh, for the weekend and uh, to go watch the Summer League play out there. And I'll have a bunch of reports for you on Monday right back here on Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much. Have a great weekend. Here's Tom Chambers. Gordon Hayward on the big screen getting a big round of applause. Don't, don't forget Ronnie Price. Come and on, good man. Good old Ronnie Price standing by next to him. He's awesome. What a great kid. He is the best. Tom Chambers is that voice. How are you? Doing great. It's nice to be here. You got a little Twitter takeover. You've done it all. Twitter. You're like doing social oh, media. Oh, somebody was ty- typing for yeah. me. I'm a, one, I'm a one finger guy. Yeah. <laughs> I figured. I saw how fast they were coming out. You know, I was think I knew I was going to talk to you today, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, this concept of a stretch four, like you, re- you really were mistimed, weren't you? Well, it, it's funny because a stretch four then like. You shot like if you shot one three a game, you felt like you were doing okay or two. Now these guys are shooting six, eight, ten, twelve threes a game. It's it's absolutely insane. But to go back to you know to my era, it was like you know a power forward was a power forward. It was the enforcer guy. It was the guy who rebounded. I was the one that kind of broke the mold on a power forward that actually scored the basketball. Now yeah, they just want to make them jump shooters. But you play the little three too. You definitely yeah. would be. A, you'd be. Imagine how open the floor though would be for you on your <laughs> dribble drives. Like, because yeah, the the floor is stretching it out. Right. But, but you know, I had I had guys like Kurt Rambis, so I could afford to Tyrone Corbin guarding my guy, and Kurt Rambis, so I could afford to shoot and yeah, run you, back. You think if you brought Kurt Rambis out on the floor, you might have been able to dribble by him? <laughs> <laughs> Mark Kurt, o- Mark Olberding. Kurt Kurt's, Kurt's uh, lateral movement was not right. that, that that's yeah. You uh, didn't have to if you were playing the four in those days. You didn't have to have lateral movement. You had that forearms. You just had to. You had to be there. You know, knock down a little open fifteen foot jump shot. Other than that, not much. Do you find yourself sick to your stomach and about the money, or do you find yourself kind of just in awe or just, hey, you know what, it's awesome that the league has gotten to this point for these guys? Well, it, it's awesome it's gotten to the point where they can make that kind of money, but it's it's kind of baffling to me when you see guys like Etwan Moores and Solomon Hills and, you know, guys getting $50 million, $40 million, $30 and, 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 you know, they're playing four minutes a game and, and have been available via trade for years so you know smart money yeah if you're going to go ahead and pay somebody you know a bunch of money is going to come in and 
you know, like like Danny Ainge sitting down there gets Al Horford. You know, you got to love a guy like that, a great character guy who's been doing it for a long time, all-star kind of a player. I can see it. But even a DeMar DeRozan, $27 million, are you kidding me? You know, that's a lot of money. That's yeah, you know, the thing that I think is being missed on all of this, to your first part of this point, is a bad contract is still a bad contract. I, I absolutely If you agree. suddenly are bidding 12, I don't care if it's only 12% or it's only 15% of your salary cap, I got it. But if you're bearing 12 or 15% of your salary cap, you're in trouble. Well, a, a lot of those initial signings, I just think they, you know, we wanted to get in there quick and, and, and that kind of a thing. And I talked to Danny about it a little bit. It just, it, who are you bidding against? Can we just wait a couple of days? Because right. he's not going anywhere at that price. You, you, you can see if somebody else is going to come available or trade for somebody. So it just it just seemed like it went a little crazy there for a while. And, and uh, you know, some teams bettered themselves, no question about it. I thought Indiana did a really nice job of bringing in some guys. So, but, you know, it, this it, it, it's, it's, it's scary. Like well, I thought the Jazz, you know. I mean, I know we're not supposed to talk about them because it's not official yet. But the right, guy so the that, unofficial three guys. The, 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 un, the unofficial guy, J.J., that we had down there in Phoenix, great guy. You know, solid guy. He does things the right way. The young guys are going to love him. If you need to make a big shot, he's going to make it. He's never in a hurry. And, he's, you know, he doesn't make mistakes. So that's going to be a perfect fit for this dig, young dig jazz team. Dig into that a little bit more. I don't know him well. You spent so much time in the Eastern Conference. We haven't seen him. So what is your thought of what a 35-year-old uh, Joe Johnson is going to be for the Jazz? I, I don't See think the thirty-five-year-old Tom Chambers. He came to play with Stockton Malone. Now, how okay, old? Yeah. Are you? Well, you know, it, it's okay. Joe Joe is going to be fine. I mean, I don't think he's going to be you know expected to play thirty-five minutes a game. But for for Joe to come in and play, you know, obviously Gordon Hayward's you know kind of playing that position. But those two guys together would be great because Joe's going to play and make the right pass. He can play defense. He's very tall. He's very strong. And I'll tell you what, he is a clutch, clutch shooter. Like like as good as there is in the NBA right now. Well, we need that. We lost a lot of close games last year. But you know what? If you go back and look at the close games the Jazz lost last year, they were trailing going into the final five minutes almost every time. And everybody's been asking me, what do we do about the close games? I'm like, you fix the first 43, and you'll be better in the last five. And, and, that, and that's, that's, that's exactly like the Suns even last year who, who were just terrible, you know, with injuries and with, with a couple of bad players had to get rid of all that. That's the thing we talked about. If you could just put four quarters together, if you can plan on winning, especially the first, when you dig yourself that 20-point hole and you come back and you make it really close, that's the reason you lost was the first quarter. So that's what these young teams need veterans, like the other guy that's not here yet, you know, George Hill. Did I say that? Did I say yeah, I've said it close? all day. I, I, I <laughs> okay. When I was over there with the Jazz people, they didn't let me say it. So, yeah, you're yeah. on TV broadcast. You're on the NBA TV and have all the rules. Yeah. I've been talking about it all day. But, you know, those two guys, will be. they've been there. They've done that. They will help these, these young guys. Now you've got to keep Derek Favors healthy, and you've got to keep Rudy, Rudy Gobert on the court because they're going to be a little bit thinner, thinner in the front line. Obviously, they'll even lose in Booker. Well, Boris Diaw, the latest addition. Love, and, love Boris. So, actually, give me this insight. You know Boris from Phoenix, too. Give me this insight as a player. We all love the young guys, but they, they don't win in this league. So why do you have to have the 31-year-old, the 33-year-old, the 35-year-old? Why are those guys, what is it that those guys bring on a roster? Well, the maturity, you know, the been there, done that, they're, they're, they, they don't get lost in the moment. I mean, they're going to, to, to take advantage of it and understand the importance of every single possession. 
Boris you're going to love. Although Boris, you know, you, you look at him out there and he's this is butterball. He looks like he needs to drop 20 pounds. And the thing I used to get frustrated, you know, talking about Boris is he'd drive the basket, have a layup, and throw it out there for an open three-point shot. I'm like, Boris, just make the layup, you know. But he was perfect in that system down there. Obviously, Quinn Snyder has some, some knowledge of him and his game. But he's a glue guy. And guys love playing with the Boris and the Joes because they're going to make that pass when they're open. It's not a, you know, it's not a dark hole down there. They're just here to try and win basketball games because they've done everything else. They just want to win games. Lyles with a turnaround jumper at the horn. It does not go off. Trey, 5 of 15. The Jazz actually scored a few points, which is they weren't heading that direction. You got a little time in the fourth quarter? Or do you need to head somewhere? Yeah, no, I, I got nowhere. My grandson Cole's over here. Oh, that's you know, awesome. Hanging out over here. But, yeah, you know, right. I watched Lyles earlier. He, he kind of got a pulse move. I, did, I thought he was just a jump shooter. He oh. was using the big, strong body to get he's down pretty, low. He's got a nice first tell. Yeah. We'll talk about him. We'll come back. We'll okay. take a timeout. Come back more with Tom Chambers. Celtic 65, Jazz 60. You're listening to 1280 The Zone, 97.5 in Utah Jazz Summer League. 65-60, the Celtics lead the Jazz. Tom Chambers along with us. Jazz are led by 13 by Lyles, 9 by Deontay Christmas, 8 by Spencer Butterfield. Got the start for Olivier Hamlin, who was traded today for Boris Diaw. Jazz making another acquisition. Uh, interesting moment. Four officials over there talking to Bob Delaney, is one of the chief officials, and they really use this as a training ground. So the, ja- the officials tonight, they're using four different officials on the floor uh, trying to see how they would work. The other one, I don't know if you heard about this, Tom. Some of the officials are wearing a device that is attached to their teeth. It's in the inside of their mouth as a communication device. So what do they just, to, they just, it's a ra- microphone they just rattle their teeth? And they, they talk, mic- yeah, right. talking? It's a microphone device in some manner that allows them to communicate. With wow. Wow. Like James Bond, right? No, I was going to say, is that like Morris Code? Or <laughs> exactly. Is it actually something you can you can listen to? That's 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 insane. So you mentioned Lyles went to break. They really are working the summer league with him. They want him to do two things. They want him to play in the post because with all the switching defenses, he was a very good post player. But at Kentucky, he had to play the three because of Carl Anthony Towns and Willie Colley Stein. The other thing is they want him to play with the ball in his hands. As here he catches free throw line, ball fakes and finishes. They want him to literally bring it up, run four or five pick and rolls, and play. In that method as well. Well, and he looked very good, and I saw him in the first half at the low post, just, you know, banging his way in, being very strong, and shooting a nice, soft jump hook, which you need to shoot as a, as a four-man when you're inside, so it's soft and, and, and goes in. I mean, he was 5 of 15 in the, in the you know, going into that last shot, but I'd like to see, and big guys especially, you know, show that you can go down low and score when they put a little guy. Otherwise, they're going to put, you know, small people on you, and that doesn't work. Don't well, you so, think that's going to come back? I mean, if we're going to see the defenses that we saw throughout the playoffs where everybody just switches everything, well, suddenly that big that can go back down is going to become valuable. Well, you, you need that, and then they're going to have to run, and somebody's going to become open on, on the other side if he can make that extra pass. But absolutely, it's going to evolve back to where you're going to need guys like that. And it, whether you need them or whether you don't, if you've got a guy that can go post up and get easy baskets for you, and, and, and not only the scoring, but putting the other team in foul trouble, getting fouls on on the other you don't get you don't get guys in foul trouble when you're launching threes every single time you get the basketball. So it's good to see to see him going inside. Place gets fouled. We'll take two free throws. Tell, you, th- tell me about him. Seven three, incredibly long wingspan. Look at those arms. Yes. Uh, the Jazz sent him actually down to San- the minute of the season, and the Jazz sent him to Santa Barbara to P three, and they just have tried to work on his body and his movements. He, his, he's twenty six years old, but his Dennis Lindsay said his body's way behind. So they're trying to see if they can develop in, into having some movement, and he's also got a pretty good touch. Really good really, nice touch. Really yeah. reclamation project. 88% three point, uh, free throw shooter 
in Europe as he just buries both of them here. So it's a project, no question. But you know what? you got a 7-3 guy who shoots 89% free throws. You sign him for a few years and well, see what you can do. Absolutely. I mean, the guy moves okay, too. It looks like he's getting out and working. So with a touch like that, if you can catch and dunk, it's like Mark Eaton. The movement you just saw right there is new. That's, that's what he worked on in those six, eight weeks in Santa Barbara. He has not been able to do that beforehand. Oh, he looked very good. I mean, it's nice to get guys like that. I mean, you, you look at the kid, <laughs> the Bobinator for San Antonio oh, last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you got to love that guy, you know. Get, you know, get the fans into the game. You can make a difference. You can play some defense. You can knock your free throw down, have a nice little touch. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see some big guys start coming back and, and actually being utilized. Plice on a roll. Beautiful pass to the corner. Butterfield sets his feet, misses the three. Plice taps the rebound but can't control it. He's much stronger. He's moving much better than he did. Last year he played a little bit and was just totally outclassed. Great. Well, that's good. They need a, they need a backup, you know, with with, uh, with with Rudy and with Derek and with Trey. What do you think the Warriors are going to be like this year? Oh, my gosh. Makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> it's just incredible. Oh, and, you know, two of my favorite guys all time in, in the league, in, in, in Kevin Durant and, and, and Steph. I mean, they're just good people. They get it. They see big picture. And, you know, that team, I love that team. And me, if I would have been a free agent, who wouldn't want to go play with Steph Curry? That being said, you know, leaving your team when you were just a, just a, an eyelash away from being there and maybe winning an NBA championship, that's a, that's a crazy decision. Well, I, I agree with you to some extent. The, other, the only two parts of that decision that make it a little less crazy is you don't know what Russell's doing a year from now. And if he's not giving you any insurances that he's staying, and you're in Oklahoma City. Well, I said that exact same thing this morning on the radio show. I said, you know what? Maybe Kevin went to Russell and said, Russell, what are you going to do? And Russell said, I'm out of here. And it, so Kevin just said, hey, you know, maybe, I don't know. I, you know, you can speculate all you want, but if, if, he's, if he's thinking that that may have happened and it may have very well happened because he wants to get back to Los Angeles, maybe they're tired of Oklahoma City. I don't know. Have you we been to Oklahoma City? Huh? Yeah, for a horse show or two. <laughs> but, but, you know, may, maybe that's it. But that being said, you know what, he, he, you, know, you read the articles now, him and Iguodala just loved each other and Steph when they played, you know, together in the summer. So, you know, they're going to have a lot of fun together. I just think that, you know, Kevin, his legacy wasn't like I got the championship. He's joining a team that's already got one. And usually that's later on in your career where you're chasing that championship rather than, you know, in the prime of your career. It's interesting. I agree with you 100%, but we don't ever criticize Kuzi, Havlicek, and Russell for all their teammates. For their what? For their teammates. You know, for, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I agree with you 100% in the sense that, yeah, his legacy is that sort of thing. But when you think back about the history of the game, right? So Kuzi, Havlicek, Russell, those great Casey Jones. We never talk about that they weren't as great because they played with guys. Frankly, Magic and Bird both played with two or three Hall of Famers for their entire career. Well, but that doesn't, it's irrelevant in what you're talking about today. There was no free agency then. Right. They couldn't go play for another team, and there was like six teams. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, and so, so if you were going to get your $50,000, go play for the Celtics right. versus the other team. So, I mean, it's a whole different set of rules. And obviously, Magic, yeah, Magic got drafted because Cleveland gave up a first round pick for. I think, what was his name? The Blonde Landsberger or something like we that. Lost the, you know, we lost the coin flip. <laughs> oh, that, oh, God. The Jazz had a coin flip oh, man. With, on that one with Magic that somehow but, had a tie. But you know in. what? Guys develop. I mean, you know, with Michael and with Scotty and, you know, with, with those teams, they've all been drafted. Nobody's ever had the free agent acquisition that's come in and just made it, you know, made you win a championship except when LeBron, you know, left, uh, left Cleveland to take his talents to the South Beach. Tibor Plyce and one of the Celtics got tied up into something. We're having a review to see if it's a flagrant foul or not. They've ruled it a common foul. And the Jazz trail 69-64, 7.57 uh, left 
All right, here's the question I've been asking. Game seven, was it the greatest kind of game in the history of the NBA? Yeah, except for the wrong team won. Okay, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> no, it, it absolutely was. You saw guys going out there and playing big plays, LeBron's defensive plays. You know, that, that, that three-point shot. That was ridiculous. Unbelievable. LeBron's but the, blocks the but, greatest thing But the three-point shot that Kyrie Irving took, I was like, what are you thinking? And it went in. And then that was just, that was, that was, it was, it was absolutely incredible. And they, Kevin Love had a couple of post-up moves. He got some rebounds. So, yeah, it really was a, a, a very good game. But you know what? If Draymond doesn't get suspended, yeah. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. <laughs> it, the only reason Cleveland was going back to Golden State was because the league rules said they had to at that point. Yeah. I, and, and the thing is, if, if LeBron would have stepped over the top of me the way he stepped over Draymond, I'd have punched him in the man region too. So, I mean, that was just a low blow. You know, well, the low blow was from Draymond. But to step over a guy and just try to demean him totally while he's laying on his back really, really, he really sets it. You know, I, I don't like that at all. Kraft gets stripped. A quick foul by Plyce. May have been a breakaway. I'm not sure what the rule will be. Plyce picks up the foul. Jazz are now down by seven. We're chatting with Tom Chambers. You've got, you have a neat thing in your career in the sense that I worked in Seattle and you left a fabulous legacy there. You left a legacy in Phoenix and you left one here. So to some extent, you kind of showed how, and maybe by choice or not by choice at times, that you can you can be in multiple stops show loyalty to all of them at the same time and still uh, and have successful career moments in all of them well you can and I, you know i was fortunate i mean I, I played some great cities in seattle i was on a team with with four really good forwards i mean when you have Derek mckee and xavier mcdaniel i didn't want to sign and get traded so i was gonna i was gonna pick and fortunately the you know the collective bargaining that year changed it fit me perfectly you had to have three you know going into your third contract you know have played seven years which i did it was, it was tailor tailor made for me and, you know, the owner up there, Barry Ackery, just got caught literally with his pants around his ankles because it's like there's nothing he could do at that point because he understood the situation. I didn't break the bank, obviously. I mean, it was a huge contract at, what, five years for $10 million. <laughs> And I was an all-star. I and I was an all-star. So, and, and I was able to pick the team that I thought I would fit in with best, a really good point guard who I could, you know, play a pick and roll with, a guy who's going to push the ball where I could run and get 20-something points a game. We'd score over 100 every single night, which we did about 120. So it was really good for me. And, and you know, we, we just we turned into a really good team and competed with the Jazz. And obviously back then Portland was good. The Lakers were good. You know, the Spurs have always been good. So it was, a, it was really, really a fun time. What are your positive memories of when you came here? Oh, just with John and Carl and coming back home with family and friends. And, and you know, I just, just loved Utah and loved the game. And, you know, so happy, you know, when, when Scott, had, you know, contacted me. And they actually contacted me when, when, uh, when I went to Phoenix, too. But, I, you know, Jerry Colangelo gave me 15 minutes, and it was over with. And I, you know, had let the Jazz know I wasn't going to have a meeting with them. But coming back here was fun. It really was. You know, obviously this was, this was John and Carl's team, and everybody else was just trying to fit in and, and do what they could to help the team win, you know, in, in whatever situation. So it was, a, it was a, a great opportunity and a lot of fun for me. When people ask me now who didn't see them, you know, it's funny how long it's been. Right? A lot of guys really didn't see John and Carl. What do you tell them? What do you tell them when you have to characterize who John and Carl are? Well, two of the consummate professionals. I mean, th- those two guys, forget the fact that they were, you know, one of the greatest scorers and the best assistant, you know, steel guy ever in the history of the game. They were the first guys in every day and the last guys out. They were in the weight room before weight room was popular. I mean, they took care of their bodies. They ate right. They did everything they had to do, and, 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 and it paid dividends for them because they were perfectly matched for one another with John handling the ball and Carl coming up and setting the screen. And then Carl's guy's on his back, you know, got John's guy on his back. He's going to go score on him, and... And obviously, Carl liked to run the floor as well. That was a brick. 
Ben, ben, ben Teal may have just left his mark on the glass over there. That was not every day you see a shot not hit the square. It's one thing to miss the rim. It's another thing to miss the square. 6.45 left. 11 on the shot clock as the Jazz trail by 9, 73-65. Kraft checks out. Wallace checks out. Pleiss will leave the game with 15 minutes, 7 points, 4 rebounds. You thought he looked all right. I absolutely. I mean, I absolutely did. I've seen a lot of big guys run and do different things. And there's a couple of them. One of them came out this year from uh, Cal. Was it Cal? Cal, wherever, 7-6 seven, seven, guy. There's another great big guy playing for, I think, Central Florida University that's going to come out and do that. But, yeah, when you get a guy to 7-3, he can change a game. As long as then they don't put in Channing Fry and he's got to come out and, you know, right. guard uh, guard a three-point and shooter. Thus, and thus we've gotten into the evolution of the game in <laughs> yes. one in yes. one brief conversation yes. right there. I do like, you know, i got to admit, I, mean, I'm, I like the game right now. I know everybody's it's so different. This it's pretty fun. I mean, it is, it is. It is. It is fun. You watch it every night. Work on the Phoenix broadcast. That's why yep. not been the best basketball, but yeah, the style's no, fun. It, you know what? It really is fun. It's just. It's just so different. That's <laughs> quite a play. Trey Lyles, top of the key, fakes the handoff, drives with the right hand, and flushed. You gotta like that because last year, pretty much all I saw to Trey Lyles was you know hitting wide open shots. You know, people saying, "Okay, let's see if you can shoot." I mean, seeing him post up a couple times and there put the ball down and go. Buy somebody and be strong going to the basket. That's 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 a that's a major league move right there. The other one I think fans have got to understand. They're going to see that seven of seventeen shooting. This is actually a harder environment for him to make some of these plays than in an NBA game. In an NBA game, when he's the fourth option and the defense is worried about Gordon and Rodney and some Joe Johnson, he's going to be able to make that play actually easier than he does here. Well, it's a great point because here he's on the scouting report and, and guys are, you know, trying. they know he's been in the league, they know he's played, they're going to be trying to do what they can to slow him down. And and like you say, you know, if he's playing for the Jazz, you, there's a lot of other options out there on the court. So it's not like they're going to run a double team at him. He's going to have those opportunities to put the ball down. And, and that's what you have to do. I mean, you have to evolve as a player too. I mean, I always put the ball down so people started backing off. And then you have to then learn to shoot. He's the other way. He knows how to shoot. And so people are going to be up all over him. So he's got to learn to dribble once or twice. That's all he needs to do as a big guy. One dribble straight ahead, reverse dribble, maybe two dribbles, and he's going to be able to dunk the basketball or finish at the rim strong. So that's that's a good thing. Here he is again, top of the key. Ball fakes Young, tries to draw the foul, throws up a missed shot trying to draw the foul. That's Jazz are an interesting set right there that I actually I think the league's going to run more and more. Tom, they're running a, the horn set, but they're having the second pick. Instead of flaring, he's running right to the free throw line. Well, if you've got four shooters on the floor and you can have a ball handler in the middle of the floor, that gets, frankly, we're going to see Kevin Durant there an awful lot with Golden State. That gets pretty unguardable right there. Well, it really is. And you know, and the, the main thing is, is you've got to have willing passers. You've got to have guys that are willing to make the play to execute and get the, get the ball in the basket. Even if you're not the one putting the ball in the basket, you've got to make that play. And that's why Kevin will be okay down there because those guys are all willing passers. They lead the league, obviously, in assists. And the teams, it's, it's no coincidence. The teams that lead the league in assists are very, very good teams. They have great records. So, and their field goal percentage is extremely high because they do make the extra yep. pass. Very true. Lyles conducting up here on the left, trying to get forward in the post. Comfortably puts on the floor and just rocks himself into a three switch. Wow. I mean, he shot that thing like 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 nothing. And, you know, he's been going to the basket and playing strong. So this guy, I think you're going to have a breakout season looking at this young man right now. So I loved him in the draft, by the way, a year ago. This was like, people are like, people are listening to this time going, Chambers, stop. Don't get yeah. locked anymore. <laughs> oh, so, so, so that $20 you slipped me, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're feeding the beast right now. 
Yeah, no, he, I didn't. I didn't see this. You know, during the season when we played him at all, he just looked like a jump shooter. And that right there, I mean, that was a guy all over him. You know, and he's going to have to learn to go to the basket like we just saw in the last possession. So yeah, what a what a nice play. Well, nice to see you. Thank you very much for taking the time. I can't believe you got a grandkid. Thanks for thanks here. for hanging out with me. Yeah, I look good for that, don't I? Uh, you do. Yeah, you yeah, look thank you. Thank good, you. Man. I'll, I'll give you that's your twenty son, back now. That's right. <laughs> that's Sonny. You're doing more hunting, more fishing, or yeah, more golfing? Uh, yeah, I don't golf. I'm terrible at that. They have to take out extra insurance when I'm on the golf course. So you know, I just chase some animals around the hill, ride some horses. Right, take like it easy. It. I'll yeah. see you. In All right, brother. Thank probably you. October. Thanks I think we have a preseason game against you. I don't know. If, I think it's down there. So hopefully I'll see you. I don't do much in preseason. I'm a big timer. We don't do TV, and you know, you don't just come to the game. The I can, love of the I can, game. I can read about it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you read it on? Uh, uh, Suns.com. Okay, good answer. <laughs> He's Tom Chambers. We'll come back for the final four twenty-three with the Celtics leading by one on the Jazz Radio Network.